Thank you. you so much for taking the time. I know it's a very busy day. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, let's start. Sure. We were just discussing the uh, exclusions for uh, lack of proof of immunizations. And as we noted, uh, every year, several hundred students have this, but the number is considerably bigger this year. Uh, give us the breakdown as to how many students were kept out of classes today. And, and, and why does it seem to be so much bigger, if you have an idea? Well, you know, this number is always too large, in my opinion. We give so much notice to families, and it's a state law and board of education policy as well. And so we do a lot of great work with our Keep Kids in Schools initiative with the Sangamon County Health Department, SIU School of Medicine, Memorial. Everybody always jumps on board, including HSHS, to help us support these families with clinics. Um, So it's always very disappointing. But we did have 927 students today that were excluded because they didn't have um, their school immunizations or their physical uh, documentation. Some of them have just one piece that needs to be completed. But our nurses do such an amazing job of communicating with families as well as our family and community engagement liaison. So it's frustrating that we had to exclude students today for any any of those reasons. As I know you know, this discussion of vaccinations in general has turned particularly antagonistic this fall in the context of COVID. But is that bleeding over to this? I mean, are you hearing from parents or some parents just saying, uh, I'm not getting my child vaccinated or I don't want to tell you their vaccination status? Is that why the number is so much bigger this year than in years past? It could be. Um, it, it, you know, really could be that, that it's just confusing when you're talking about the difference between the COVID-19 vaccination and your regular schedules of vaccinations. Um, it could be, um, you know, people's view on immunizations overall. Um, but, you know, we've had this in existence for, for many, many decades. So it's frustrating that we have this many students at this time. Um, also, I think, too, that our doctor's offices were overwhelmed with working with COVID uh, cases that maybe physicals were hard to schedule or families were fearful of, of going to doctor's offices where others might be sick. That's why we did so many clinics. I was so thankful to um, SIU School of Medicine and uh, thanking the NAACP and Teresa Haley and her group for hosting a clinic this past Saturday. We served over 80 physical exams this past week. So, um, you know, we we understand that maybe it's been scary, but we still have to comply uh, with the with the state law. I know every year when this date arrives, it becomes a wake-up call for a lot of families, and they have to scramble to try to get this taken care of so they get their child back into class. Uh, what what do you tell families who are in that situation? What's the best thing for them to do to resolve this quickly and get their child back into school? Yeah, and it just depends on exactly what their what their need is. If they just need an immunization, we ask that they call their their doctor's office, and there's also many places you can go in the community, but also the Sangamon County Health Department continues to hold um, appointments open just to get your immunization. Uh, physicals, again, you can get those several locations in the community, but I always um, just tell people to turn to the Sangamon County Department of Public Health. Uh, they will get you an appointment and get you in um, and, and help you meet those requirements.
Springfield School Superintendent Jennifer Gill is here with us. The other thing, uh, and just coincidentally, that it's all converging today, uh, but today was also the deadline that was set for teachers and staff in the district to either show proof that they have received the COVID vaccination or to uh, submit to that weekly COVID testing as a precautionary measure. Uh, There was a lot of attention being given last week to at least one teacher who had refused to do that. But overall today, you haven't had uh, many uh, of your staff uh, simply say no to either one of those options, correct? Uh, no, we we have a district that has 2,402 employees on our payroll. And out of that very large number, only two employees have openly shared that they will not vaccinate or um, go and get weekly testing for COVID-19 at this time. Uh, and so uh, you actually have, and you got some numbers on this, uh, a, a pretty um, pretty big percentage of district uh, employees that uh, are, in fact, fully vaccinated and are you know more than happy to, to share that status. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, at this point in time, we have 77.4% of our employees are fully vaccinated or have their first dose. Uh, the first dose numbers are, there's about 20 of that. 20 people in that 77.4% that are just having their first dose and are awaiting their ability to get their second dose. So, you know, that's a pretty good number for a district our size. Uh, The remaining people either have told us that they are not going to be vaccinated or they do not wish to disclose their status um, and have then said they will test because they, they wish to not do one of those two. Um, And we have set up and done a lot of work to get shield testing sites in our school buildings uh, to make it very accessible for them and those schools that still do not have their sites open. uh, We do have open slots and and we even had one here at our our central office uh, last Friday. Uh, And so uh, is that the case that in pretty much every school building, if a staffer simply opts for the testing for whatever reason, they can just do it on site there? Yes, on-site or at an assigned location until we get all of our testing sites up and going. Um, After the week of October 4th, all of our schools will have testing sites, except for Graham and Southern View, and theirs will open up when they return from their fall break, which they're on now for their balanced calendar schedule. Uh, Some teachers are citing this Health Care Right of Conscience Act, and I know over in Jacksonville, maybe other districts as well, they say they will allow that to be cited uh, for people who don't wish to comply with either the vaccination or or the testing requirement, but you've opted not to uh, accept that uh, as a suitable reason for an exemption here. Why is that? Um, we have sought legal counsel, and just to keep it very simple, um, that we have sought legal counsel, and while we understand that some school personnel in Illinois believe um, that they have the right not to test under the HCRCA um, stance, uh, we do not believe that we have the legal authority to violate any directive from our governor, our Illinois State Board of Education, or the Illinois Department of Public Health. So we are, we are going to follow the directives that were given in that executive order. Are you expecting to be sued over that stance? And are you asking for or hoping for any clarification or assistance from the state in, in dealing with those sorts of questions? Um, we will definitely, you know, if that if that um, moves forward and that is what happens and we are sued, we will definitely ask for guidance, um, any further guidance. And I continue to seek uh, legal counsel on these topics as we move forward. Um, you know, these are individual personnel matters at this point, so we can't really discuss any of the ins and outs of, of what happens. But we are definitely um, 
seeking legal counsel and will ask and seek any advice from, you know, Illinois State Board of Education or IDPH. Superintendent Jennifer Gill is here with us. And in addition to the uh, hundreds of students out today because of uh, uh, not showing proof of immunization, you still got more than 1,100 students in the district who are in exclusion status as of earlier today uh, because they've either been exposed to COVID or have shown symptoms that could be a a sign of the illness. And that number has been uh, there or higher throughout this entire school year so far. How big a problem has it been? How big of a challenge has it been to try to educate students when you continue to have students having to stay out of the classroom for these various reasons? Yeah, I don't think any superintendent in the state of Illinois or anywhere really in the world would say that it's been easy uh, during these times. It is a difficult um, and challenging uh, path that we follow these days to make sure that we're abiding by the rules that are set forth in front of us and making sure that our students are safe and, and protecting our district families as well as our staff. Um, And, you know, when we do shield testing, that also has turned up from time to time a case that has an unsymptomatic student, um, you know, that that has been positive. So we're hoping that all of this work pays off and that in a few months, you know, this is uh, uh, less of a spread in our community. But right now it has been difficult. But I am so proud of the teachers and the staff that are working uh, to make sure that that they are providing um, education. Educational continuity and helping uh, students along the way. They're doing a great job, and we always welcome our students back. And students who are out on quarantine for COVID-19 do have access to, um, you know, online curriculum and things that they can do and keep up with uh, for their learning. Superintendent, just real uh, quickly, you had a big uh, job fair last week looking to fill uh, a number of different vacancies for paraprofessionals, food service, uh, lots of different roles you're trying to fill. How did that go, and and how would you assess the district's current employment needs? Are are you still pretty shorthanded at this point? Um, We are, but it has gotten better. Um, Each time we have a job fair, we get another 10 to 12 candidates that that apply and come and show interest, and we uh, move very swiftly. Um, We have those right here on site so that we can uh, conduct all of our background checks and everything right while they're here, and and that helps us move things very fast. At our last board meeting, I think we had 12 of those uh, positions, paraprofessionals, CNAs, um, also some LPNs that went through the board agenda, and we immediately get them assigned to schools. Uh, to help. Um, We do have teaching positions that are open across the district as well. Um, At last glance, I think we had 25 positions that we could hire uh, if we were to find teachers um, at this point in time. It's very difficult this time of year. Uh, So we're still facing that teacher shortage on top of everything else. Um, It's a difficult time to fill any certificated or uncertificated position in the district. Um, We are able to oftentimes cover those with either permanent substitutes or uh, individuals that have teaching degrees that have retired and and want to come back and, and help us out. And they become a very valuable part of District 186 team and family. And last time we talked, we were having a lot of issues with school buses, uh, running late, not getting students to school on time or picking them up on time. There was also a push to find more workers for those positions. Has that situation improved? Where do we stand now with school bus service? You know, everything is is running much smoother this time of year. It always comes down and gets a little bit more routine for the drivers, and uh, they're very familiar with their uh, routes. But like any organization, you know, for students does face their challenges with having 
staff out on quarantine from time to time and um, needing more and additional bus drivers and bus trainers. So right now things are kind of status quo. Uh, we have had a pretty good run of it the last couple of weeks. I'm sure it has not been perfect for any, any listener out there that's had trouble. You know, please let our transportation department or first student know, and we're happy to assist any families. But it has leveled off. Our routes are set now. Um, but we do know that they are still um, needing to hire bus drivers and continue to have open job fairs at their first student bus site. You don't need to make an appointment. Just go during the business hours of the day, and they will interview you on the spot and assist you in getting moving forward to getting your license to drive a school bus.